Sometimes people will hate you because of what you have. They don't know you from Adam. They don't know your birth name, your government name. They just see you and they just don't like you. You ever been in that situation? People just hating on you? I don't even know you, sir. <laughs> and it's chewing the gum. I just don't like you. <laughs> I just don't like, you don't even know me. <laughs> but sometimes people will just hate you because of what you have, who you are. And I realize this, sometimes it is the Jesus in you and the devil in them that they just hate you. They, they, it's the anointing in your life. It's God's power. They look at you and the, and the Satan in them just can't stand you. Hey, welcome to the Night Church Podcast, where we meet every Friday evening for worship at the Loma Linda University Church for young adults, by young adults. We hope this encourages you and someone else you know. Enjoy. What's up, everyone? How's everybody? How's everybody doing today? It is good to be here. Uh, Praxis, Praxis. What you guys have here is really dope. Really dope, by the way. And um, oh, almost spilled a Starbucks. Shout out to Starbucks. This is actually not even Starbucks drink. This is actually Walmart kombucha. Anyone? Anybody drink kombucha? Yes, I see you. I see you. Anybody brew kombucha? That's how you really know if you're really serious, though. You're really down for the cause. No? Okay. It's just me. That's cool. Um, but it's, it's awesome to be here. And um, listen, I just want to share, just share a brief word with you from the Word of God. Um, I won't take up too much of your time. I only got about five hours to go, but uh, someone's like, oh my gosh, why did I come here? Listen, we're in the, the book of Genesis chapter 37, 37. If you have your Bibles with you or uh, on your device, uh, we're in the book of Genesis chapter 37. Um, when you have it, say Amen. Amen. I see you. I see you. If you don't have it, just say, just wait for me, preacher. Just hold on. Hold up. Hold up. Wait, no. Okay, I won't say that. Um, pray for me. Pray for me. Hold, hold up. Uh, this is Genesis chapter 37. And um, just want to read a couple verses for you. Um, you know, I mentioned this before, and some of you guys know my preaching style. I like to walk around because I was trained as a thespian. $2 word for actor, broke actor who didn't make it. Um, when you got it, say amen. 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 Here we go. Here we go. Genesis chapter 37. Just a couple of verses for you. Here we go. Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhan, the sons of Zilpah. His father's wives, he had brought their father a bad report about them. Now Israel loved 
Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age and he made him a richly ornated robe for him. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him and could not speak a kind word to him. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of the grains out of the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brother said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of the dream he had. Then he had another dream and he told it and his brother said, he said, listen, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and the 11 stars were bowing down to me. He told his father as well as his brothers. His father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will you rule over your mother and I and your brothers? Will we actually come down and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter to his mind. I'd like to speak just very briefly on the subject entitled, Delayed but not denied. Delayed, but not denied. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, you look a little delayed. But realize that God will never deny you. They weren't feeling you. They were looking at you sideways. Turn to the other neighbor and say, neighbor, oh neighbor. Yeah, yeah. You, you, look, you look delayed right now, <laughs> but don't worry. Don't be alarmed. God will never deny you. God will never deny you. <laughs> Let's pray. Father God in heaven, I know, including myself, that some of us feel delayed with our dreams. Delayed with some things that we were waiting for. We're waiting on you, and still yet, it seems like it will never come to pass. But God, you are a God who's <laughs> always on time. You live in and out of time. You've created time. And so give us patience and help us to understand that you've, you never deny us. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, I like to start with stories. Um, uh, you know, travel a lot, fly a lot, flying home today. Can you tell me which is the worst airport in the world to travel to? Anybody? LAX. Anybody? LAX. Nope, not at anyway. nope. no. No, no. Almost. You almost there. It's not that, though. Anywhere, the worst airport in the world to, to fly to. Worst airport. Wor I mean the worst airport. Chicago. <laughs> Chicago. O'Hare. Anybody ever travel to O'Hare? Listen, every time I travel to O'Hare, I get, I get delayed. 
Legit, as a matter of fact, coming here, <laughs> I was delayed. Missed the connection. It was cool. They gave me a hotel, a voucher, it was cool. But delays. I don't know what it is. I don't know if they get their scheduling. It's just not right, but always delayed. As a matter of fact, when I'm flying home today, I made sure I didn't go through O'Hare. <laughs> Brother needs to get home. But, but watch this. It was a couple years ago. I was coming from Oshkosh, and I was going to Toronto to see some fam. And um, I'm in O'Hare. And I'm legit getting ready. Watch this. Got to act this out for you. I'm legit getting ready. I showed up three hours in advance. I get this text. Delay. Te delay update text. Says your flight that was supposed to take off at 6.50 is now taking off at 8.50. Said, okay, cool. You know, I'm a PhD student. I got a lot of reading to do. Just read it out, right? It's cool. A little bit just before 6.50, what do you think happens? I get another delay update text. The flight that was supposed to take off at 6.50, 8.50. I'm like, okay, cool. Okay, cool. That's cool. Uh, 10.50, I could do another. I mean, hey, I already killed three, couple hours. I can do it again. What do you think happens? 6.50, 8.50, 10.50, ch I get another text saying, your flight is now taking off at 12.50. Now, this is where I almost lost my Christianity. <laughs> this is where I would have struck the stone, missed out on the promised land. But you know what? The better mind, I, get, I got a better mind ahead of me. I said, you know what? Before I, start, before I start to lose it, let me go up to the counter and just kind of figure out what's going on, right? So I literally, literally go up to the counter. I'm like, ma'am, um, I just got one question for you. Just one. I, I promise I'll leave you alone. I'll get out of your hair. Just, just let me know this, okay? Just let me know this. I promise, leave you alone. Do you guys know, just tell me this, do you guys know that we're going to be mad delayed and you just keep on sending out like little texts of hope? Do you know? Just to let me know. I just want to know that. I'll leave you alone. She said, yes, sir. <laughs> I said, okay, cool, cool. That's cool. No, that's cool. I knew it. I just wanted to be right. Wait a second. Hold on a second. I just got one more question for you. One more question. I promise. Promise. Just give me this last question. I'll leave you alone. I just want to know, if you could let me know, I promise I'll just go sleep on the floor. Why are we delayed? That's all I want to know. Just please, why? And she said this to me. She said this. She said, sir, the reason why we are delayed is because we're having a difficult time finding the right people to assist you to your next destination. Ah, Eureka. You see, sometimes in life, we're delayed because we don't have the right people around us to help us get to our next level. And a story comes straight from the Bible. Joseph, he was delayed. God gave him a dream. But because of the people around him, his brothers, his own family, they delayed him. 
from getting, getting to that dream. Um, I want to say this, just want to keep, uh, just share a couple points with you, but God gives us dreams. He gives us dreams that literally help his mission. Dreams are very important to God. And sometimes God will place a dream on your heart to fulfill his very mission. But sometimes it feels like it's taken way too long. I just want to share a couple points with you as you're on your way to your dream coming to pass. First point, first point is this. On your way to your dreams being manifested, sometimes you will be misunderstood. Y'all catch that? Let me say it for those in the back. Uh, some, sometimes on your way to your dreams becoming manifested, you'll be misunderstood. Legit, look at who he tells. He tells his parents, his dad. You, could you imagine coming home from high school? Uh, hey, mom, um, I know you guys want me to be a doctor and all and attend Loma Linda, but I, uh, I'm going to be the president of the United States. <laughs> Try telling that to your parents. I, uh, I'm, I'm from Jamaican. Anyone in Jamaican in the house? No? Okay, so you're not from the best country in the world. That's cool. That's cool. I'll give you a pass. Uh, I can only imagine telling my Jamaican mom that I'm going to be the prime minister of Canada. Mom, what do you want? <laughs> like, mom, I just, don't you love me? Like, I just got home, man. I'm going to be the next prime minister of Canada. All proud, right? All you hear is this. <laughs> what do you want? <laughs> I was like, what? Come on, mom. No, but that's crazy, right? Like, he literally was given a dream that he's going to be ruler over Egypt. Parents didn't, they weren't, they weren't feeling it. And, and what's crazy about this is the Bible is an amazing book. Amazing book. And that's why they pay pastors. Uh, they tell us to go to school so we got to pay mad amounts of money. So that we can learn the Greek and the Hebrew. So that you don't got to go to school, but we pay for it all. And that's why I'm sending you guys a check. A, a bill, because I've spent mad money learning Hebrew. But watch this. This is why. This is exactly why. The Bible says that he was in Hebron. He thought his brothers were in Shechem, only to find them in Dothan. So watch this. This is how, this is, this is how the biblical authors were thinking. This is so powerful. Remember, he's in Hebron. He thinks his brothers are in Shechem, only to find them in Dothan. Well, if you dig deep into the Hebrew, the original language of the Old Testament, Hebron can mean community or allegiance or alliance. Shechem means to help one shoulder one's responsibilities. Dothan means pit or cistern. So when you put it all together, he, he, he's thinks he's around community who will help him to shoulder his responsibilities, this big dream, only to find himself in a pit. Wow. Isn't that it sometimes where you think you're around the homes, you think you're around community, you think they're around to help you, only to find yourself alone sometimes? Mm -hmm. Point number two, I'm almost out of your way, watch this. 
Point number two. Sometimes God gives you dreams that only you can decipher. That only you can deliver. That only you understand. Sometimes people just won't get it. And that's okay. You got to be careful who it is that you share your dreams with. Because not everybody is for you. Hmm? You know, there's a saying, stop, stop sharing big-minded ideas with small-minded people. There's some people who just won't get it, and they're not supposed to. But we love affirmation so much, right? I heard this quote, stop asking people for directions who have never been where you're going. Stop asking people for directions who have never been where you're going. They don't know what God has for you. But you're asking, you're begging them, help me. They, they don't know. God knows. Sometimes God gives you dreams that only you can decipher. It is for you. Watch this. I, uh, I, um, I am, I'm an investor. I mentioned this the other day. I'm an investor. I'm almost like a venture capitalist investor. I don't have that much money, but, uh, but I'm an investor, right? I invest in early stage companies, okay? Uh, the, the sort of term for it is equity crowdfunding. Any investors in the house, by the way? No, y'all are like, man, I'm too broke. Like, I'm, I'm trying to pay my bill right now. I can't even pay my rent. Like, watch this, watch this. Uh, I'm an investor. And, and uh, I was in uh, Berkeley a couple years ago for some work, and uh, I decided on my day off to travel to, to San Francisco. Yeah, shout out anyone from SF. See you, boo, ah, I see you. So <laughs> I traveled there because I had invested in a company and I wanted to meet the founders. I wanted to go and I wanted to check out the ecosystem. Um, you know, so I saw all the tech companies around there. I was so amazed, you know. This is like the tech capital of the world where some of the largest, you know, uh, billion dollar companies like are there, right? So I'm meeting with this young founder. He's probably not, not over 23 at the time. Managing this like half a million, half a billion dollar company. Watch this, it's crazy. So I'm fascinated. I'm walking around. I'm like, man, look at this. All this money is here. I can smell it. <laughs> right? Watch this. I said, what's so special about this place? And, and he, he drops three bars on me. And he says this. The first thing he says is, here, the investors, the venture capitalists, they allow us to dream big, but fail even bigger. Did y'all catch that? Mm. So a lot of times we're, we're told to dream, dream. Cool. But the minute you fail in church, you ever fail in church? Mm. Lord have mercy. They, disfellowship, don't, please don't ever fail in church. <laughs> the standard of Christianity is so high. If you fall off that ladder, man, disfellowship, censor, you might not even be allowed in the building. <laughs> But in this ecosystem, they're allowed to dream big and fail even bigger. And he said the second point is this. He said this. He said, the reason why they allow us to dream big and fail even bigger is because they've taught us to pivot. The pivot in the business term is literally you're going along a certain direction, a certain trajectory, and you're failing. You're failing. Failure after failure. But you literally change one thing. And all of a sudden, it leads you. To success. What if we told our young people, listen, if you fail, God forbid, 
there is grace to help you. <laughs> if you fail, just 180 degree, God will help to turn your life around and praise God. The, the, the safety net of grace will help you. But instead, if you fail in this church, sometimes we demonize you. You, you don't feel like you can come back. Last thing he said that was this, and it blew my mind. He said this. I'm almost out of your way. He said this. He said, not only did they tell us to dream big and fail even bigger because we can pivot, but he said this. They have learned to support things that they cannot see. I'm so glad that you've been listening to the first part of the sermon. This sort of production does require some financial cost. If you'd like to reach more young adults with this across the world, would you consider giving at praxisministry.org? You can select the Praxis Young Adult Envelope. Enjoy the rest of the sermon. Y'all with me? You catch that? These investors throw billions of dollars at these young people with big ideas. And they can't even see it yet. They don't know that, they don't know it was gonna be the next Facebook or Uber, they didn't know that. But they learn to support things that they cannot see. What if we did that? What if we looked at people and said, listen, I don't even know what God is doing in your life, but I support you. I'm gonna be there for you. I'm gonna give you, give you anything you need, I'm gonna support you through this journey. And I love this part, he said, Law of averages, law of numbers, he says this. The reason why they can do that is because eight out of every 10 of their investments, they know will fail. They just threw money to the wind. It's boom, it's gone. Million, do million dollars gone, they know. Ninth company, mediocre returns. But it's the last one, the 10th one, the moonshot that makes back everything and more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So they, they invest because they know some, something's gonna hit it out the park. One of y'all are gonna be the next Something. <laughs> Something. Third point is this. Whenever it is that Satan gets a whiff or a smell that God is birthing something in your life, his first instinct is to kill it. Yeah, yeah. Let me repeat that. Whenever it is that the enemy, Satan, gets a whiff that God is birthing something in your life, his first, his first instinct is to kill you and that dream. It's in the text. Look what happens. I love this. I, I, I got to act this up. The brothers, right? The brothers. This is what happened. They see Joseph coming off from afar. And the first thing they say is this. Hey, yo. Hey, Reuben, is that, is that the dreamer? Man, that guy's got some big dreams. You know we got to kill him, right? Yeah, you got the knife? What kind of dreams do you have to have? Where when you walk into a space, people refer to you, yo, there goes the dreamer. <laughs> and what, is the, what does Satan want to do? He wants to kill that dream. Point number four, but I love this. I love this. Because even though they wanted to kill him, guess who comes to his rescue? His brother Reuben. Remember the Hebrew thing? We go to school, we pay a lot of money to learn the Hebrew. Well, guess what Reuben means in Hebrew? Son of vision. Fourth point is this. Sometimes all you need is one person to see your dream. All you need is one person to see your dream. 
Reuben knew that something else was going on. And so even though the rest of his brothers wanted to kill Joseph, he says, no, hold on on a second. Let's try a different way of killing him. Let's not just off him so quickly. And for me, my Reuben was Mr. McIntosh. And I remember it like it was yesterday. I grew up in Toronto. Um, Shout out to Toronto. Raptors, Drizzy Drake, all that good stuff. Yeah, okay, cool. No, it's cool, it's cool. I I get it. There's haters in the room, that's fine. And I remember I grew up in high school and I I thought it was tough, you know? Like I I had a crew, I had a gang back then. And something happened to uh, one of my friends and so the idea was to go retaliate at this next school. Some, we had brass knuckles, we had bats. It was, it was about to be on and popping. Like, just, like, we were ready, ganged up, squatted up. And I remember, I remember man, I stopped to, to tie up my Reeboks. And at that time, there was Reeboks pumps. Anybody know the pumps? No? Okay. Uh, so I'm pumping out. I'm ready. I'm ready to go. And all of a sudden, my teacher, Mr. McIntosh, literally grabs me and looks me in my face. And he says, Lyle? You are going nowhere. Everybody else went. And I remember I was upset. I was like, no, I want to go. I want to go, sir. He's like, you ain't going nowhere. They, the rest of my friends got beat up so bad. I sock it all out in the hospital. And I think back to that time. Because had that Reuben, that son of vision, who saw something in me, I I bet you if I had gone, I wouldn't be standing before you today. But he saw something in me. And sometimes it only takes one person, one teacher, one pastor, a friend, somebody to see that God, they don't know what, but they know that God is doing something special in you. Fifth point is this. Sometimes people will hate you because of what you have. They don't know you from Adam they don't know your birth name, your government name. They just see you and they just don't like you. You ever been in that situation? Yep. People just hating on you? I don't even know you, sir. <laughs> and it's chewing the gum. I just don't like you. <laughs> I just don't like You don't even know me. <laughs> but, but sometimes people will just hate you because of what you have, who you are. And I realize this. Sometimes it is the Jesus in you and the devil in them, that they just hate you. They, they, it's the anointing in your life. It's God's power. They look at you, and the, and the Satan in them just can't stand you. Look at, what, look at what Joseph had. He had a jacket. He had a Gucci jacket. No, it wasn't Gucci. I'm sorry. Play. <laughs> he had a multicolored Fendi. No, it wasn't Fendi. I'm Prada. It wasn't Prada. It was just an OG, Old Testament jacket. <laughs> But he, but he had something that they didn't have. And they wanted it. They were hating on him because of what he had. Now, I said this before. Listen, I don't hate on nobody. You know why? Because what is for them is for them. What is for me is for me. And that's why you've got to be careful not to be envious of your neighbor's stuff. Because you don't know what it took for them to get it. You don't know the anointing that comes with the jacket. Ah, and you want that not knowing that you can't handle that. Because every new level brings new devils. So, so you want Joseph's jacket, 
but you can't handle what you're about to go through. What is for you is for you. They hated him because of what he had. Uh, a six point, watch this. So what do they do? The next thing they do, because sometimes people don't want to see you on top, so they put you down. Guess where they put him? In a pit. There are some people in your life at work, at school, who could never believe or dream that you could be above them. Yeah. So what do they do? They put you down. They talk bad about you. They, they verbally abuse you. They, they, they cannot see you above them. They couldn't see Joseph ruling them. They just couldn't fathom that their, their brother with this cool jacket is going to rule them one day. So what do they do? They put him in the lowest place of the earth. They put him in a pit. To leave him to die. There are some folk who just don't want to see you on top. Yeah, so they put him down. Last point is this, last point is this, uh, and I'll close on this, I'll close on this. I can almost picture Joseph left in his pit to die. He's chilling. His brothers literally steal his jacket and he's sitting contemplating his existence. His own family betrayed him. The homies, the brother, your own blood of blood left him to die. And I could almost picture in his mind, back up against the wall, maybe nothing to live for, knowing that, that this is the final moments of his life. Almost thinking, this is my legacy? This is my destiny? This is where it ends? And maybe some of you are sitting in that pit today. Failed out of your classes, wasted your scholarship, didn't make it to where you thought you were going, and you're like, this is how it ends, God? For real, for real. But, but I love this part. Because what did he have that they still didn't have? Remember, they took his jacket, right? Yeah. And so the seventh point is this. They can jack you of your jacket, but they can't steal your dream. They can, they can fail you out of your courses, but they can't steal your dream. You, you, may, you may not be accepted into the program, but they can't steal the dream that God gave you. I could almost picture it. I could almost picture it. If I was Joseph, my brothers left me to die, no other options, this would be me, cool as a cucumber. Because God gave me a dream. Oh, y'all missed it. It's okay. I preached to myself. God gave me a dream. I can almost picture Joseph. Yo, hey, is there a pillow around here? Oh, let me grab, let me grab that rock. 
Hey, God, I don't know if you're going to come today. I don't know if you're going to come next week. I don't know if you're going to come next year or five years from now. I could die today. But the reality is, you gave me a dream. So even if I die today, your promises remain strong. You would have to revive me again to make sure that your dream is fulfilled. You told me that I'm going to rule over Egypt. So I don't know how or when, but we gonna get out of this pit. And I love this part. God is such a myth. Who comes to his rescue the second time? Remember the Hebrew thing? We go to school to learn all that stuff so that we can share with you. His brother Judah says, wait, hold on. No, no, we can't leave him here, man. Let's just grab him up. Judah in Hebrew means praise. Come on, saints of God. What the author is trying to tell us is when you are alone in your pit, you can't see your way out. Judah comes to the rescue. You need to praise God. When we praise God, we're praising him in advance for what he hasn't done yet. So Joseph was like, God, I'm going to praise you. (laughs) I look like I'm going to die, but I'm going to praise you. God, I give you glory. (laughs) He must have slept for an hour. Lord God, I'm still going to praise you. (laughs) You know why? Because you are good. You are faithful. You will see this dream come to pass. I don't know how, but you said it. And because you said it, it's going to happen. I think about it. Because his brothers literally wrote him off. You ever have that experience where somebody writes you off? It's one of the worst feelings ever in life. They literally look you up and down and say, you ain't going to make it. I'm sorry. One of my greatest mentors, Eddie Hippolyte. Pastor Eddie said this to me and it blew my mind. He said, when people write you off, God always has a bigger pen. Wow. Yeah, because in life, some people just will look at you and just, you ain't gonna be nothing. You're lower class, you ain't got money, you don't belong here. Whenever people write you off, God has a bigger pen and he's not finished writing your story. Amen. Wow. Watch this. I, I have to illustrate this. Uh, when I was younger, I wasn't the sharpest tool in the shed. I wasn't that smart. All I did was play basketball. If you saw me in high school, grade nine, all I just, I was bouncing the ball in, in, in the school, just bouncing, just bouncing the ball. I wasn't really about that class life. And watch this. A grade nine teacher literally looked me in my face, literally. Look me in my face. It said, Lyle, you think your pretty smile is going to do it for you? You are going to be nothing in life. That day, my teacher, who was supposed to speak life to me, she spoke death. The Bible says that life and death are in the power of the tongue. Teachers, you're supposed to speak life. That day, she spoke death, and it became a self-fulfilling prophecy. Because after that, I literally just failed my way through high school. 
I remember that day because I went home and I cried myself to sleep. It got so bad, I failed grade 10 math twice. To the teacher just had to say, listen, Lyle, I don't want to see your, your face again. Please, 50, pass me. When people write you off, God has a bigger pen. I travel a lot, and so one day I was literally in Toronto, airport, Toronto, Paris, and, and listen, this is, this is literally how it goes, right? Anyone ever take the plane? So, and, it, and for me, who's a bigger guy, like I'm, I'm like Schwarzenegger's size, you know what I'm saying? So, you know what I'm saying? Like, y'all are laughing at me, what? I'm serious. So watch this, I'm bigger, so I hate the middle seat. I hate it. I'm so scrunched up, right? So this is literally what happened. I'm going down the aisle, gotta act this out. Remember, I'm a $2 actor, thespian, watch this. I'm literally, sorry, excuse me, sorry. I'm going down the aisle and I, I get to my seat. Sorry, excuse me, man. And it's so frustrating because I, I don't know, they're making these seats smaller nowadays. I don't know what it is, man. And I'm praying. I'm literally fasting. Because I got to sit beside people who are, you know, just in my space, in my cooling. Excuse me, sorry. I got to act this out. Excuse me, ma'am, ma'am. I think this is my seat, ma'am. Excuse me. Yeah. It's never big enough. It's so annoying. I, I hate it. They forgot to book me in the aisle seat. So I take a seat, literally. And the thing about it is, when I travel, I don't want to talk to nobody. No diss. I don't hate you. It's just been a long day, and sometimes I just want to sleep. But, and I have my headphones on, and this is the indication. When you see the Beats by Drake, the, big, the ones that cover your ears, like, <laughs> means no, no, like don't talk to me, right? Watch this. I sit down. So hello! I'm like, oh my gosh. Look. I, this is why. So I sit down. Hello there. And it's always small talk. You don't want to do small talk for a four-hour flight, right? Hello there. <laughs> so what's your name? My name's Lyle Milton Notice, the first. <laughs> so the next thing is, it's always, it's always the next, what, so what are you up to? What are you doing, right? So tell me, what do you do? Then it clicked to me. That voice sounded very familiar. <laughs> yeah. Watch this. When I heard that voice, I got up like I was Obama. <laughs> Button up my tie. I said, ma'am, I'm glad you asked. My name is Lyle Milton Notice the first. And after I graduated from Victoria Secondary Park, she said, you graduated? Ma'am, excuse me, uh, <laughs> I'm not done yet. <laughs> I feel like I was giving a speech of my life. <laughs> Proper diction. Uh, ma'am, after I graduated from high school, I went out to Canadian University. You went to uni, ma'am, I am not finished yet. Give me my time. I'm redeeming my, I'm redeeming my time, reclaiming my time. <laughs> after I graduated from Canadian University College, I went on to Andrews University and studied a master's of, she said, you have a master, ma'am, I am not finished. And lastly, but certainly not the least. I went on to Andrews and completed a doctor of ministry. And legit, I'll never forget because there were tears rolling down her face because she remembered this was the same young man who she said wouldn't be anything. When people write you off, God has a bigger pen for you. Let me, let me, let me close.
let me close. I'm gonna close. I'm gonna close. I'm gonna close right here. I promise. I just need 2.5 hours. Just wait. <laughs> but I'm gonna close on this side, just for, just for real. If you fast forward a couple chapters later, it's so beautiful, such a big, beautiful ending. <laughs> Joseph, his dream comes to pass. And he becomes ruler over Egypt. They literally go through like a coronation service for him. And he's literally being crowned leader over Egypt. They give him three things. The first thing they give him is a gold chain. Man, if that was me, blinging. <laughs> Yo, I want some ice in that. <laughs> Yo, I want... In that culture, the Egyptian culture, they gave him a gold chain and that literally reflected that he was being chosen. He was the chosen one. The second thing they give him is a gold ring. Lord have mercy. I would have asked for the biggest one. I said, listen, ice it out for me. <laughs> but the third thing they give him, do you remember what they took from him? What did they take from him? His coat. This coat was gold embroidered. This coat had value, more value than the first one they took. What am I saying? The very thing that the enemy stole from you, God has a way of replacing it with even more. For, for all of what, I'm, I'm, I'm prophesying for, for some of you in here, for all of what the locusts ate, Everything that was stolen, everything that was taken from you, the time, literally everything that, that you lost, God has a way of restoring that. You may be delayed, but understand that God has not denied you. God bless you. God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to the Night Church Podcast. We hope you've been blessed by this sermon, and if you have, maybe you can share this with a friend. If you'd like to stay in touch, you can follow us on social media at Praxis Ministry, or come visit us in Loma Linda on a Friday evening. We'll see you in the next episode.